You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Making Waves. Happy St. Patrick's, everyone. This is a special edition of our St. Patty's Day Making Waves, featuring our buddy uh, Skyler from the band He is a Legend from Tar Heel State. Hi. Thank you, my Tar friend. Heel Thanks State. for joining. Yeah, that's right. That's right, bud. Um, thank you for joining us on this very special day. And um, man, it's a real thank pleasure. Thank you for having me. I, just, I was just uh, re-listening to White Bat today when I was uh, going for a run. Yeah. Yeah, it's killer, killer running music. It's killer running Some music. Good the whole running thing, music. man. Yeah, I broke my ankle thank you. actually. I was running so hard, so I'm just going <laughs> now and you owe me uh, a lot of ankle strength. Did you get my email, brother? Get my email, brother. I tell you, dude, the, the track yeah, that got me and I hit it, it and I went on repeat a bunch was uh, so soft. Oh yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, man, I, just, I love that record, man. I know, I know every artist would say that their latest work is their best, but I, I, I just feel like that album had so much life for for me and uh the rest of the dudes and uh yeah it's a a shame that covid kind of snipped its wings no pun intended or pun intended but uh yeah um yeah uh but that record will have legs so come uh time to go on the road which we'll talk about here you guys have interesting shows pop up um coming up here in the uh, fall um that yeah. record will still find life with fans who haven't had a show you guys perform it live and uh, if you do folks uh and check out this band anyway because they're amazing live but to hear this new material will blow your mind so thank you um yeah you bet you bet uh so let, yeah I, uh, I've, I've actually been but you know i wondered about that if 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 we can pick up where we left off i mean we've, we've been writing new music and or, or you know we're, we're getting, you know, we're in that stage where the wheels are turning, but um, putting something out in COVID was kind of a, uh, you know, we had plans for a couple of things that got bumped and um, yeah, it's just, I, I wonder if, if it'll have new legs or maybe if we can, you know, re-release it under, you know, with, with some other, other tracks, maybe who knows. Um, that's, that is the beauty of what COVID kind of did for, uh, for music is gave people a, a strong, um, you know, interest in finding new avenues to, to create opportunity, which has been really interesting to watch. Well, it's such um, a vast album and it's one that takes multiple listens. So I, you can look at this as a great book that people return. So I think it's going to have a shot at, at continuing on. 2020. So let's talk about, um, before anything else and about your career and what you got going on uh you got a, the furnace fest coming in september in alabama that thing is massive yeah insane i mean i, I kind of um we're we're incredibly hopeful and you know i think that's the only way this is actually going to go down but um 
the lineup is something that my 18 year old self would be um just you know would 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 never believe you know there's bands that are playing that i would i never thought i would see again and um dear friends and people i've never met and it's it's an insane lineup and then um yeah so that in september and then in october we uh we just announced a, a show with our our very dear lifelong buds and beloved um and that'll be i think an outdoor venue in um winston-salem it's a remake show for the show that they had planned before covid um so yeah uh, those are two really cool hopeful things and and um we can't be more excited to to be in front of fans again before i hand you over to chad can i ask i'm sorry chad i just want to get before no, i hand no, no, chad no, no, no. um what uh what can people ex- are you guys working on any new music you want to know about or you just kind of kind of carry on what white bat was doing um yeah i mean we're, we're working on new music um i think it's still it still has that energy for sure because it, it you know i think if anything it comes out of um some amount of just like anger and we're still kind of in that phase and we're still riding the um the wave of that that interest in that album and that branding of that album is still really cool to us so um yeah i i don't think it would be like a continuance every is legend record sounds uh, different than the last and we will probably always do that but um, I think that there it's, it'll be bridged out of a crazy, you know, a crazy set of events that, that, uh, we all witnessed. I mean, I think we always pick that up in art, you know, the, the things going on around you. So yeah, yeah. Who, who knows when we, yeah, we're definitely in early stages, but we're excited. We're excited. And we had, we've had some new movement going on, um, which just also adds hope, you know, some, you know, a new practice room and, you know, th- things that just, um, you know, just just give you a brighter tomorrow you know or hope for a brighter tomorrow i think those are positive things to implement in your life absolutely have you ever been surfing before yeah yeah when i was younger i live on the uh, very close to the beach not on the beach but uh when i was younger i was i was trying to get into it and i'm just very lanky and tall and clumsy so i never was good at it but i i'm i'm in the water a lot during the summer and uh i try to try to do my a lot of my meditative time out there just because yeah, yeah i just i'm a pisces as well so i yeah, uh, yeah i just I, i'm at home at the beach you know the reason why i ask is because when you were telling when you were saying what you were saying specifically about white bat and this record cycle and all of the things that you know, um, you certainly have went through, um, and I'll touch base back on that in a second. It reminds me of like uh, uh, the barrels of waves. And when you usually come in sets of threes, right? You know, and when right. you're riding that wave, that is uh, the release of White Bat, you go up there on the road. Subsequently, I have to do half of the tour before getting, you know, the, the call that says, you're going to die if you don't come back home. Yeah. Gonna kill other yeah. People. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. like the first topple you take. And, um, you know, I, I'm not a big surfer. I learned how to surf before we went and did our last record as an existential, like, um, crisis that I was in that I needed to, like, yeah. figure out. So um, I was just listening to that. I'm thinking about the here comes the second barrel, you know, and this is like the version of, like, the record's not over. 
you just get to ride a little longer. And right. will there be a third barrel? I don't know. You, you never know. But that's the whole point is like, you, you couldn't ask for a better, the, the record rules, you put out a bunch of media, great, great videos around it. You already started a tour. You might as yeah. well um, celebrate it in some way, shape or form, no matter what you're doing now, as far as writing in the new, the new spaces. For and the sure. Areas your I agree. Have been in. So I just want to touch base on that. agree. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, and, you know, we've known each other for quite a while and it's like, yeah, I've always looked up to you and, and taken your advice for things like that. I, I think that that's like sound, you know I mean? Uh, especially when you're an artist and you feel like that might be a risk revisiting a newly released work. Um, and obviously uh, one of the reasons that we, uh, the, when we would talk about doing things, it was like what we, what we wanted to do, we never wanted it to have like a COVID stamp. You know, I didn't want people to be wearing masks in a video. I didn't want, you know, and I just, that's something I felt like could be weird. And I, I just didn't want it to be a blip in this, this real shitty year, you know? Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's nice to know that maybe, maybe some of that can happen. I also am very stoked to be, you know, uh, have uh, recording another record in our future, you know? So, um, finally we, we have some hopeful things that are hitting the plates because, um, they have been just bone dry. I mean, we were the first ones called off the road and we'll be the last ones to be let back out. You know? let, let me tell you, uh, we've done this, let this show since go. we started to, yeah, since we started the, uh, the whole entire version of what COVID was, you know, and doing this podcast, which was a slow roll. You're probably the only, the second artist, and this is probably episode, what, 37, 38, 39, 40, oh, wow. something around there that had like legit, I think the other one, who was it, Justin Bumblefoot, maybe when they were out on the road, oh, doing cool. whatever that was. And those uh, two, you and you and them, I don't know if we talked to any other artists that were like in the middle of doing something when the shit hit the fan. You know? Dude, we were, uh, this, this story was crazy because we had driven on a day off to Salt Lake City to, or no, Reno maybe from Salt Lake City, but we drove to Reno uh -huh. to party for my birthday. Oh, fuck. Uh, one year ago, a couple days ago, on the 12th. Got there. I made it my mission to find the accoutrement to make Bloody Marys at like 7 o'clock in the morning, walking around Reno. It's cold. I'm like carrying grocery bags, going to party. I get into the room. You know, we're hanging out. I, I put on the robe that's in the room. Uh, and I'm, you know, walking around in this like $11 cowboy hat I bought from the Bucky's in Texas, you know, weeks earlier. And, uh, and then I think midday I'm like, you know, a couple of bloodies deep and I'm, you know, just sloshing around the hotel room, pouring myself, you know, in and out of places on, around the boulevard, but looking around at this like world that is clearly scared. I and mean, I knew what was going on, but then I get a call from my booking agent. He's like, you got it. You guys need to go home. Um, and he's like, California just shut the whole place down. So our last shows were in California and then a couple of Arizona shows and then uh, Vegas. And we had two days off in Vegas. So we were going to chill and then play the Vegas show and drive home. But so we just, end up leaving from Reno and driving back through like Cheyenne, like I 80 and hit a frozen fog bank. Um, have to turn around and double back around Salt Lake city, adding 20 hours to our very long drive. And 
zipping okay well, it ended up being like 70 plus hours more more just to get just the whole time we were watching balling go like are, am i gonna have to steal toilet paper like <laughs> on the way home because i'm hearing reports of toilet paper being and, I, and i'm wondering why like why is this a thing why why is toilet paper a thing? i still don't know the answer to that there's still shortages of toilet paper places that's insane to me it's insane. Have you seen middle of America? Sorry. Have you seen what's going on? I don't know. Of you have. You, uh, it's funny listening to you, Scott, <laughs> talk this. It sounds like Carmack McCarthy's The Road. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was very post-apocalyptic. <laughs> like, Mad Max. <laughs> it seems so, you know, and, and we weren't, we weren't at the point uh, then we weren't wearing masks. You know, we were like at this like 20 second hand washing, you know, like sanitizing your hands constantly. Don't wear masks because they could be bad for you. And, um, yeah. So, you know, I'm in and out of flying J's for three days straight just to get home. Um, and, and yeah, I, I mean, just the amount of mental toil that that trip takes on you anyway, just a nonstop drive across country book and they try to get home. And it's, it's, it's grueling as an understatement, but that on top of it, where you're like, Am I worried about this or am I worried about what people are about to do? And obviously the, the world went banana sandwich. So, um, which are delicious. And, and so, I, I mean, I, I don't know why they're that was such a great saying because now, <laughs> the thing about a banana sandwich is the condiments it depends on the condiments you use. My old man used mayonnaise. He said mayonnaise and peanut butter and a slice of American cheese and bananas. That was his thing. He was into it. I remember this. I tasted them. I can remember of a venue. I remember you telling me about a, your, your this banana sandwich. I'm debacle. sure I did. Peanut butter no sure go or something. What's going on there? Peanut butter banana is good, but he adds yeah. peanut butter and mayonnaise, oh. and uh, I want to say there's cheese involved, but that just might that could be overboard. Well, bring Let's back go quickly. What Chad says was what we spoke about. What Chad brought up was you guys revisiting this album and, and finishing up what you started with the record. It, there's going to be a lot of bands we've spoken to that are going to treat this as like the Sisyphus moment. We're going to it's going to tumble back on us, but we're going to push it. But we're going to defeat what the myth is, and we're going to push this fucker to the top of the mountain and over. So yeah, you guys have yeah. that ahead. Which of I mean, you, which, would be amazing. Yeah, and it's going to be it's going to be amazing. If I can yeah. say one thing about yeah. the record before we move on to other uh, pastures, because I, I don't think enough people know this, and I certainly didn't fucking know this until actually today when I was reading the bio on the record. The record is essentially a concept album. So not only do you have this the, the veracity of the, what the, I mean, assuming I read correctly, not only do you have the veracity of such a great yeah. record that is, like you said, a, in, even in your bio, it's like a... I forget what the not far beyond driven, but some Pantera thing, but more rock, right? It feels exactly like that. But then you have the storyline of what uh, the white bat symbolizes. Um, if yeah. I'm if I'm understanding all, and then I read, then I listened to the whole thing a little earlier too. I was like, oh shit! Yeah, and I was in Los Angeles when I saw you like yeah. randomly many of times. Like, what is Skyler doing over here? Yeah, <laughs> and just like, I'm off to the next thing. I'll see you later. So yeah, you're really in it, you know. It was, I was, I was living a crazy, like little life out there for the, the month or so that it took to, to record that. But just a, a series of, of, uh, synchronicities and serendipitous moments. And, uh, 
meeting with friends and then going to places and studying this this kind of this uh that that whole golden state killer with Patton wife's uh Patton oswald's late wife michelle mcnamara i'd written that book and i was reading the book while i was out there and i had all these things i mean i told you know the guys we we have a formula of the way that we we work and um so they they never really know the lyrics we never really know all the the each person plays their part but in the studio it's always it always is a little like oh there's always these aha moments you know um and then the the lyrics are usually me and mitch working out melodies and stuff and getting and and yeah so but i changed most of the things that i had worked on before in north carolina before i went to la and then it just kind of you know trickled down to rewriting everything in studio and um and then I was like doing all these weird things when in this rental car, like, I mean, nothing, nothing like totally creepy, but I would go to bars alone with my journal and like draw and write and like, just try to get into this headspace. I went, I went to uh, this really cool graveyard out there that where Disney is buried and allegedly Michael Jackson's buried and uh, all these, you know, Which just, just a famous, I, I want to say it's like a green lawn, maybe it's called. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, yeah. Something like that. It's, it's, it might be in Glendale. I'm pretty sure, but, but yeah, uh, um, I would go and just take walks out there and kind of, you know, yeah, just, uh, just getting into just a different headspace. And, um, it was cool. I talked to a friend of mine who is also a podcaster and, and he was just kind of like, what are you doing, man? He's like, what are you doing? You can't be going to bars alone and like, then like drawing people. He's like, that's kind of weird. I was like, All right. <laughs> But yeah, I, I definitely got into a cool writing process or lyrically. And then um, I always like to twist my lyrics and wordplay around the fairy, fairy tale kind of format um, with songs and then, you know, mix that with just pop courses. That's my favorite thing to do in our band and and it, for this record i just felt like there was a, a more youth to it and it was more raw and had this anger and there were these you know these songs that i considered like protest songs but then it was like we're not going to make these we're not going to make protests so we're not going to make political songs but you can create an antagonist that embodies all these things that that we're witnessing you know what i mean so that was cool to be able to write from a different person's perspective and then write the story and you know and it to, to be in this true crime genre which i guess people still don't really know that that was a thing um lyrically that that record holds but um we worked really closely with matt ryan tobin who's a, a amazing artist he does um like these badass like just drawings like big posters of you know back to the future and he's done some dime bag stuff and he's really good but he did help me with the artwork and i i would he did all the lyric like handwritten lyrics and crazy doodles and stuff like that that he used and he you know basically kind of gave it the seven vibe when you open the the packaging so the artwork is amazing and yeah i can't say enough good about the record i mean i just think it's i think it's a cool package in general which i don't see that often you know yeah the, that's the so front awesome cover looks like something Justin, out of uh, sorry i wanted to mention oh. something before i move on matt ryan tobin is the man he used to do all of the old wilson stuff yeah it's so crazy and what oh, band was he, what i knew him for, what was the band that he was in uh, years ago shit. rescuer or something like that or or uh yeah, it was like a it was like a um, core christian core band because I, I don't know if you know he had two me, bands um 
man i can't find it right now because that we were just talking about but something something like felt like no i I feel bad because he he sent me those records and i listened to them they were cool um yeah. But it starts with an R. It's like so a, that like resistor or something. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. He he helped me. Uh, he helped me. Uh, like kind of gave me this confidence to to draw more and like um, he was stoked on like the little doodles I did and then I took these I took Polaroids um, of the band members for the for some of the inserts in the in the layout. So it was really cool and um, but yeah, it just gave me some artistic confidence you know and uh and the label was really awesome with helping us achieve the look that we wanted you know because i just wanted it to be like also conceptually like um like the old white bibles that are in hotel rooms like i wanted to have this look about it you know like this thing that you would find in a hotel room so we had this alternate um artwork that he did that we maybe we use for a re-release you know when this is all said and done because it it, it, it kind of took over this hotel theme um was really cool but yeah that was yeah, that was a I great did, experience. I, I just i had to make a mention of it because I, I thought it was so cool to hear that. no 22 the a that one i want to art real quick because it reminds me when i look at the cover as it, as it is right now it reminds me a little bit of the gray's anatomy medical book um yeah, with the snake. Yeah, the, a little bit of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein almost. Thing. Yeah, we yeah. needed. You know, that was kind of the the. the there's a lot of uh, like old horror tropes in the in the music. But it's clean. Or, you know, it's real clean. It's not busy. It's just. It's just kind of uh, right there. It tells so much about the record. Um, one of the things too. Um, let me ask you. You guys kind of explained a lot. Well, also too. I was, yeah, right now with all the true crime things that are going on netflix what's the girl from this cecil hotel or the this oh, yeah. about the two detectives from the night stalker and discussing yeah. this whole thing the only you're talking i'm like i'm thinking about acdc's nightcrawl yeah you know, was it the night was it the one off nightcrawler is that off of a uh, highway to yeah night stalker yeah yeah, yeah. One of those two. yeah yeah i'm thinking about that i was thinking about thinking mirrors the whole time talking about some killer but obviously it was quite real which leads me to this what influences your writing um leading up to I this mean, let's take white bad aside since it's kind of conceptual and you had sort of a story but leading up to this what was usually your uh what your what you turn for for ideas or inspiration i i've always been super inspired by film and you know obviously other music but uh when i'm writing i try to i try to stay away from music or i'll latch on to like one thing that i know that i love and like and really you know fills me up so but i but mainly i'm just you know trying to hone in on the song but um writing lyrically i've always been more you know really into swans and um tom waits and um nick cave and the bad seeds you know and the stooges and so i like the storytelling aspect of all that i like the 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 crooner misfit style stuff is like cool to me but i also listen to to country music i listen to a lot of hip-hop um but writing i mean the books that i read are all over the place i try to throw in some um just wordplay in general is is the the thing that i when i'm writing i try to do a lot of alliteration and um you know just um 
And I, I don't really know. I don't, I don't know what the inspiration is while I'm writing. I get inspired. It's like, for me, that little place that you go when you're creating something and, and the, the mind underneath takes control and starts guiding the ship and you just are a conduit for the product. Like that's the, my inspiration in that whatever's inspiring me to do the other thing is, is just that I, I, you know, it's something that I've always done and I can't not do it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I just get in that, that place and it starts to pop and then, you know, the connections start to be made. And I'm sure most of my writing, I'm sure somebody could go through and critique the way that I write and find whatever style I have. I don't know what it would be called, but um, I'm sure that it stems from, or like my earliest loves of like, you know, reading Kerouac and, um, you know, like uh, House of Leaves and, and just diving into these crazy books, you know, like, like trying to break my mind and reading esoteric stuff. And, and um, you know, that, that all comes from me trying to find spiritualism from being raised as a Southern Baptist. So just looking elsewhere for answers when I, you know, when, I kind of opened the door to walk out, you know, it was, it was easier for me to read, you know, the Bhagavad Gita or, or to research any, any religion and find um, like the Tibetan book of the dead, making more sense or making just as much sense as any other thing I had read. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm inspired by all the, all of those things too. Like, you know, the mountain harmonies of the church that I grew up, you know, going to and the, you know, I played drums with my, my, my step, my, I mean, my stepfather and my mother in a Southern gospel band when I was, you know, 14, 15, 13. And, uh, we would go to churches and play. So, I mean, I got these kind of like backwoods rock, you know, people who weren't skilled, they, they weren't taught, they were self-taught, you know? So they, mm-hmm. it was always these weird renditions of music and yeah, those things still inspire me thinking about well, certainly then moments. your music is certainly a product of your environment so 100 percent, yeah. yeah and yeah. i think that's that's the other thing why you know being in la and, and usually it's kind of a bummer like when the last time i was out there was for heavy fruit and i was just in such a bad spot and the music of that album definitely has a tone and you can kind of that's what we do as artists you know when you you, you kind of are allowed to be vulnerable and you're allowed to show your emotion in those ways, especially when you're recording an album. But that album, I was in a personally dark place and it was the first time I had ever gone to LA to record. <coughs> Pardon me. But um, yeah, it was just so, it made, me, it made it like a bad, a bad feeling. Not, a, not, a, not that the record was bad, but it just, it was a darker record for me. And then this time, it, you know, it seemed more playful and whimsical because I was having fun and I was also being able to write from someone who wasn't me. I was using personal experience at times, but it would, it would normally just end up being this, um, you know, these silly rhyme schemes that I could get away with making because I, I'm writing a, a character that may or may not be real. He may or may not be, you know, evil. He may, he could be the self-conscious of someone, you know, so it, it's like, I guess the way that I describe the lyrical content of White Bat is that, this guy is breaching in and out or like, you know, like breaching the surface of reality and this, you know, this, you know, this insane underwater world, I guess, kind of like to use the get out trope, like 
like where he dips into the nothing or whatever they call it or the you know the underneath and is this me or is it somebody else yeah or or yeah am, am i doing this am i the one doing it kind of like you know in a mental vibe but so it, it'll it'll go from you know different ages of of this person and different crimes and things like that and i don't know i just it, it was fun because i've always loved true crime and i've always loved cinema and i've always loved trying to like paint a picture with with each song would be like a little mini you know story about a thing and da 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 but so this kind of allowed me to stretch it out which made it cool if if you don't mind and i i don't know if this is if it's something you could talk about often i certainly wanted to research it before we asked you just so if it was a source subject i didn't like go like you didn't go like, Chad, you motherfucker. <laughs> but um, so like, there's this period of time. I mean, I've been a fan of Wilson's done a lot of stuff w- with he is legend. Um, yeah. Most famously, a really incredible one of our best. I mean, out of all the tours we ever did, I think it was the, our favorite tour as a band. Um, Ours to too. Day. We talk about it all the time. It was just like it felt like a family, you know, like it just felt like the first for the first time. Because like, we were super. It was probably the first time that we were like in a situation with like, I mean, that we were like super nervous. We've been super nervous before, but like a lot of us, specifically Jason and I, and Kyle especially, we grew up listening to you guys. And Maylene and Sons of Disaster was on that that um, um, tour. You know, you know yeah. when I say grow up, we're the same age, but like it was how we cut it. You did it. You crossed. I came from a, a yeah. weird christian i wasn't ever a christian but it was a christian uh, in a christian metalcore band you know and i i, I ran with all those people been my old band back in the day so it was like right. that's what i want to be i want to fucking be balls out like those dudes you know and yeah, looking yeah. at your records from like i you know 902 901 all the way down to it hates you and it hates you at the time was like for me when it came out i was like this is the best record that i've heard and like I don't think I've heard a better record this year or last year or the next year. And then it stopped. Right. Then I didn't oh, hear thanks. any more. Yeah. yeah. And I never really asked you on the, on, on the road. Cause I just didn't, I didn't know what happened, but then here you came out with heavy fruit. And that's the, when we toured with you guys and we listened yeah. to the record unbeknownst to you, probably every day in the van, <laughs> like we're listening mm-hmm. to heavy fruit. We're like, Fuck, this record is so good. There's so many cool audio tricks. We were jamming like, y'all's record too. I mean, that's just what you do, like on tour. And that was a good thing about that tour was we were just all on the same vibe. So like we were we were blasting hip hop in between every band. You know, it was just right. like not. It didn't feel like your average metal core show, tour whatever yeah. that is. Yes, yes, yeah. shitbag tour. Dirt, the yeah, dirt bro, bag tour. Here, but- <laughs> Yeah, but, but like happened, you know, like I never asked you that. Well, what, what so we just we we came, we took a little break or whatever, and we you know we made it hate you, and there was a there was a small stint in between it hate you where we were writing, and it was just we you know we didn't know what we were doing, um, but so we put out it hates you, and they basically told us that the only tour we could get was this tour with drop dead gorgeous and we were just you know we felt ungrateful and um we felt a little jaded and it was a it was the the time in music where um there's that there was just this thing going on in music where it was like a screamy electric but not and it was kind of, uh, and, I, and I'm not describing Drop Dead Gorgeous in any way, but th- but there there was just a, a 
a crowd, a scene, or uh, we were being lumped into this category that we knew we weren't. And so I think we decided on that tour that we, because that was presented to us as like, you're not getting anything else. Like you're not at out. You know, you took a, you took a year off to write a record you know? and it was like, well, okay, well that seemed like the right thing to do. Um, but uh, yeah, so we've had a lot of weird speed bumps in our day, but that was, that was one of the ones that was like, okay, we're going to take some time off. We're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to do some things and um, figure out what was going on, but we were still together like as friends and still, you know, Adam was still writing. It was a good period off. It's, you know, without a drummer, Steve was just going to school. So we never really said we're breaking up. It was just like, Steve's in another town going to school. How are we going to play shows? He's going to be busy. Yada, yada, yada. He's been married. Um, and, you know, it wasn't, it, you know, it, was, it wasn't like we were saying we're calling it quits. We're just, you know, for now, we're going to take a break. And then it turned into what it was. Um, and then, you know, when we, we got Sam and we did Heavy Fruit and then, you know, touring got more rigorous and we were trying to regain footing. And every record, you know, Heavy Fruit, few heavy fruit and few kind of got us a little for i think few with the crowdfunding was really you know what what pushed us you know out of out of the league where we were but i think even with the heavy fruit we were still getting put in these places we were trying for active rock and that was kind of where we were with you because you were trying for active rock because we knew that we could hold our own in active rock and not be uh and 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 not float around these VFW hall like <laughs> clubs because it's not I was like just you, know, say, you, we, you played at a VFW hall back in the day. You in what we did that moment, yeah. It's like I know how to do this. I know how to do this better than almost all of you guys. When you have to like set up your own speakers and tear down that yeah. shit and wind your own cables, I got this. I got this. You know, sorry, we've done, and we did that for so long, and you know, and he, the thing is obviously those things probably won't be coming back in this near future. Um, but the, I guess the, the, I mean, I don't, I don't, I actually don't know the difference, you know, like I don't, I don't know where the difference lies. I think we're, we're in this space now where everything's up in the air and we're just waiting for everything to fall back down. So, um, yeah. What, like, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I kind of trailed off there for a second. So now I'm like, no, I think I interrupted you, but what I think where you were going was, is we stopped, you stopped only because of necessity and where you wanted to be something different than them. Then maybe not that you wanted to be something different, but you felt differently about yourself and the art that you were creating. And you knew that it sonically sounded different and you didn't want to get yeah. stuck in a situation that didn't speak to the onus of your heart. Um, well, there were bands that we dug touring with that were in that scene and that was fine, but it was like, we weren't a part of that scene and mixed media shows to me have always been, um, I, I think they make more sense in, in, you know, capturing the audience to, or used to, because now the audience is just like, what, what, you know, but before, I, I don't know. I like okay. um, a variety. So that's why I like I like the festival because I can go see Run the Jewels and then go down the street and see Nine, Nine Inch Nails. You know, what I mean, I think that those things are rad, and uh, you know, uh, certainly it, it is a great honor to be playing with those people, even if you're opening a, a side stage. It's amazing. But yeah, I don't. I just I think for us, we were like, we can't be playing these 
you know, backyard barbecue hot dog venues and sleeping on somebody's floor anymore. Like we, you know, we were pushing, we were like almost 30 by then maybe, or, you know, getting old, getting old enough to be like, I just don't, I just don't have it anymore. And also because back then the crowds that we were being lumped into a lot of times ended up being like the Norma Jean chariot, um, Christian hardcore crowd that like, there was no separation with the mad ball hate breed crowd. Other, there was no difference in those crowds other than one wouldn't hang out with the other one. Uh, you, they wouldn't really vibe with the other. So, I mean, it was like that, that crowd that we were playing in was the, it just wasn't the nothing against those bands either. I love, I, I love the bands that we're still friends with today. You know, it yeah. was just a crowd. We wanted to make the next step and we wanted to go. Then also, you know, we were tired of pissing off the fans that were Christian fans and not, you know, just by expressing ourselves artistically and not coddling what we would do off stage, you know? So if we right. happen to be smoking weed in the alleyway, we wouldn't make an excuse for it. We would want to talk and ask why they thought it was wrong and like what made it wrong, you know, why, you know, we would engage with people. And I, I think that in the end, that was a, kind of a no-no um because we w we would go drink with kids and we would you know I, <laughs> I i have been known to call a kid an asshole and point in his face you know yeah. because he said something shitty he deserved it yeah. but i don't know i think uh yeah that that is why we we had to we had to pause because you we could get to those moments i think i'm more grateful of our fans now than i've ever been i'm more grateful of our fans especially on this last album seeing the response to white bat was like uh it was it was next level you know i mean people were getting tattooed within the week of it dropping and i mean i i like you know even with the tiny hiccups that happened with this it was like the the fans were so amazing and still are to this day like still asking us you know when's this happening when's this happening they respond to everything and, and we've been pretty uh we're fairly silent during this whole thing um so yeah it's uh it's 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 a beautiful thing just to have those people in our corner. Hey, listen, I love it when 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 artists come on here and and you your band and Chad's band or whatever tour together. Can you guys tell people? You guys have a, a story you guys can share about what happened? Anything killer or strange or just insane that happened on your tour together? I'm I mean, I definitely remember one specific that thing that uh, won't incriminate anyone. <laughs> Yeah, it will definitely incriminate somebody, but I don't think he's listening, nor would he listen either way. Anyway, um, do you remember? Um, I know so there's talked, tons of the Matt, guitar player Matt um, stories. No, this is a story with um, the guitar player. Oh my god! Remember when? He, remember when um, Dallas Jay. beat his ass and left him on the side of the uh, of the road? <laughs> and he showed they showed up oh in vegas God, we all had, yeah. wilson had yeah. to finish the whole tour playing filling in playing guitar for for mailing oh yeah oh yeah i, I forgot about name. that man there's so many things that was a wild uh, job it was josh not josh uh yeah why can't jason was the filling guitar jake jake jake, jake. Jake. Yeah. So the 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 guitarist from Maylene got beat up, and then Jason had to fill in for the rest of the tour to play guitar. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. 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 Who beat, beat him? Who beat him up, and why beat? Why was he beat up, and who beat him up? 
I think at that time he might have had, you know, sometimes you've been something that can't bend back. And I think he might have had, uh, he, he might have, you know, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to speculate and wonder what it was or, or diagnose the fucking guy right now, you know, but, uh, I felt bad for him, but, uh, yeah, that, uh, that was a messy, messy thing going on on that tour. And, uh, as it, as it happens with lots of bands, like there's so many bands have some messy shit go on on tour. You know, we're, we're lucky that we've, you know, we've been, we've been pretty, pretty consistent. albeit you know, the, the road kind of pins down our second guitar players for one reason or another, but, um, me, Adam and Matt have, you know, our, our best buds and Jesse is, is one of my all time favorite people and best buds now, you know, so the, the band is tight and, uh, Zach Noble, we've known forever and he's playing with us now and, and, uh, it's been a tight little crew. So, yeah, yeah man, we're, you, we're, Matt, we're Matt excited. And Adam and yourself, you guys have been in the band for the, since the very beginning, best friends and all the, that year from years and years and years ago. Right. Well, Matt, Adam, Steve, and our our friend Will Evans, who now um, owns a publishing company and bookstore in in uh, Dallas, on um, Deep Ellum. He uh, they started a band called Stronghold in high school, and then Will, I want to say he left for college, and then they wanted to keep jamming, so they had a second singer, and I joined and played some shows, and then uh, the second singer. Um, left the band and then we decided to go down you know we went down the many different names that we had and um, then finally in I think 2003 decided to do He Is Legend start touring with uh, Beloved and Dead Poetic and Norma Jean or Ludacris at the time that that old chestnut yeah that's pretty wild Um, to think about those those times and those 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 Justin to answer your question I think that like um (laughs) Because <laughs> uh, I don't think we really did get there. The 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 long of the short short of the long would be, you sometimes you just can't take somebody's shit when you've been around them for so long to the point where uh, it's starting to debilitate your own reputation, you know. And I would mm-hmm. assume that mm-hmm. that was probably what was going on inside of their band. However, we got to be the um, passengers along the ride to watch it all go down, and it was like a. It was like a, a steady incline of, of incredible irritation that the other guys also, were suffering from him. Yeah, also the formula that was basically probably, uh, I'm assuming was just invented by some piece of shit fat cat who was just like, put them on the road, see how long they last. All right, right. give me another cigar. Uh, money, give them beer. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just give them a little beer. Give them 10%. That'll be fine. Uh well, but but I think that that formula is is made to break bands, and I think that's pretty unfortunate because putting somebody on the road for such little money, opening a tour, I mean, the headliners aren't really making that much money, so the opening bands are making way less, you know, and and the people who you know the kids still think the headliner and the opening bands are all rich millionaires, so. And it's it's the people who design this this way of life that really can it can wreck someone who doesn't know how to be alone, but with themselves around other people. It's kind of what's happened during this pandemic. I think people for the first time have had to be alone, and it 
turned some fucking people crazy. It turned some people batshit crazy because they had to be alone with themselves and a computer, which was terrible, or their phone. And they, you know, they went one way or the other, you know, and that's months and months and months of this. Some people just decided, fuck it, I'm going out. Some people decided to stay home constantly and wash their groceries. Some people went down the middle of the road and went out some. Uh, it's a it's wacky, man. But yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I don't let's talk about wacky. Can we, well, let's, let's, let's bring up wacky. Can we have your shiprocked experience? I think probably Chad has some good questions uh, about shiprocked. So I'll, I'll say this one. Um, the, when I came on for the stowaways, um, I have never been seasick before in my life. And the day that we rehearsed the songs for the stowaways, I got so seasick. It took me out that entire day. There was a crazy storm that came over the Gulf. The boat was rocking back and forth. It was like, you know, being in a shopping mall that's sloshing on the ocean. And when you think sloshing, like you think this movement here, it was more like. You know, and it would, it was so slow and it took me out all day. And then I finally went up top. I ate some food. I got to the top, I think to see seven dust or something on the, uh, on the main, the main deck. And I looked up and I saw this, this star. And I, I looked over at my girlfriend and I said, said, Hey, look, somebody is flying a drone up there. And she was like, no, that's the boat moving. And I was like, Oh, I gotta go again. So I, I got to see like three songs of seven dust and I went back to the room, like lost a whole day. And then the next day, you know, went and rode a motorcycle in Mexico and <laughs> drank a lot of tequila and played a show. Perfect. Ship problem was so fun, man. So, I mean, I only got the opportunity to go two times, but um, it each time I met so many amazing people and made so many amazing friends and had such cool experience. I mean, it really is. I was always kind of the not going to go on a cruise kind of guy either and like not into it, but that completely changed everything about it. I loved it so much. I had so much fun. And it was, it was really cool. Uh, say what? No, no, no. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. You might answer. Oh, no. The, uh, I, I, I ended up meeting Brian Posehn on that last one. And he like, he, he didn't know anything about us, but we ended up, you know, becoming friends. And he brought me up in his, in his comedy show that the second night that he did it. And I wasn't there. And he like, I didn't get to hear it, but he, he had mentioned how like I was like a Matthew McConaughey guy. I just walked up on stage like I wasn't supposed to be there and sang three songs and ran off the stage. It's like, uh, but I didn't get to hear this joke. And I saw him later and all day long, people had been going like, all right, all right, all right. As they passed <laughs> by in the, in the hall, I'm going there. Like, there you go, all right. I was like, I have no clue. Do people really think I'm, I'm pretty sure I was wearing a cowboy hat at the time, like to the nine, just looking crazy. And, uh, and yeah, I was just getting all this, all this, uh, this McConaughey banter and then come to find out he had like brought me up. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, yeah he went on like to super be, cool, right? <laughs> dude, it was so cool. But he, he also, um, he put out, he mentioned us in a, in an interview he did for the grandpa metal album that he put out. Um, yeah. He did an interview and he mentioned white bat. And uh, I think he, I want to say power trip um, because of new music that he's been listening to. And he, he, I think he brought up ship and how he met me and, and uh, yeah, he, he plugged white bat, which was amazing. It was so cool. That's like the ultimate, like, uh, like this leaning into the ship ex- experience, but 
using Posehn as the the catalyst here. Uh, I'm a huge comedy fan. I know you are, and Posehn in particular. There's very few of those, oh, yeah. like Venn diagrams that fit together like that. You know, like on a cruise ship with right. rock bands, and who's going to make the right the right jokes, right? Who's who's got the yeah, app yeah. that works? And I can I, my my favorite comedian is Nick Kroll, and um, I could go on and on and on about why, so but like I would literally yeah. blow my brains out and be happy about it if Nick Kroll is just like yo dude you know and said this thing about me yeah. ever right you know and that sort of thing happens every to the like night. Night, right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm a dump truck but the the whole thing that like uh <laughs> that happens is like we're fans right and that kind of like yeah. the whole like 100%. you are on the band or, or a band on the ship or a guy in a band on the ship and people are like you're the guy in the band on the ship and then here we are right like, you're the brian Posehn is fucking talking yeah to yeah you, yeah you know? It's yeah. so cool to have those experiences and it's, remind us of why we're doing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The ship for sure. And that's, general. that's one of the cool things about the, yeah, the ship does that. Like that's, uh, that's, uh, I want to say what Jean told me before, I think we, we were doing their 20 year anniversary tour and it was before we went on ship rock and, uh, Clint or Jean told, uh, told us that he was like, Oh, once you go, once you go, they're like family. They'll come out every to every show you ever go to. He's like, you know, you gain you gain a lot of respect for being on it. And I was like, I'm count me in. I'm down. Like, let's go. And uh, yeah, I mean, we would see people started coming to our shows before we had even been on the boat. They're like, oh, we heard you're gonna go on the boat. We heard you're on the boat this year. We came to check it out. The people that you meet, I mean, it's such a cool family. And you know, I went in blind, not really knowing any of what was going on. So we just went in like, you know, we knew that you guys were going to be there. We knew that uh bear tooth was going to be there and a bunch of other bands. We were just like, okay, like Royal thunder was going to be there. We were so stoked for all the headliners and we were just like, yeah, let's go. Um, yeah. But yeah, life-changing experience. And then being offered uh, the stowaways was an amazing opportunity. It was really cool getting to play with Jerry from Kings X. And yeah, it was like, like one of the most far out experiences. Incredible. Amazing. Hey, uh, before we get to this segment, we call walk the plank. Uh, you're working on a film working on a movie. Yeah, I do. Um, I'm a set dresser. I work on the art department and, uh, I've done props and set dressing and things like that here in Wilmington and, and, uh, wherever needed actually. But, um, yeah. So, uh, I just basically move furniture and make, pictures and uh you know hang ceiling fans and put up drapes and you know uh, move giant trash it's, it's crazy yeah you know you just you you do what you have to to put on screen you know but uh i've done that i started doing that on our first hiatus um after it hates you i got into working with a production designer and um learning the kind of set life and it's not not that much unlike tour life where you're it's very long grueling days and 24-hour thought processes constantly you know just trying to get to the next place and the next scene um yeah i like it i like the work I, it, it fills that creative void that that i don't have from playing shows every night and um yeah it's really turned me into a better person like you know getting up early and working a 12-hour day 12 to 16 hour day depending on how you know what's called for and I, I really like it as an alternative to to not doing anything because of covid or bartending which you know is, has its moments but it's uh 
Yeah, it's it's quite uh, extraordinary. It's it's quite extraordinary. The, the film industry now down at the eastern coastal uh, corridor. Yeah, I was going to ask yeah. you working on the new Dawson's Creek or something. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot. I actually, um, there's a lot of things going on here. There's a lot of things going on in Charleston. There's a lot. I mean, there's there's a ton of ton of movies it's always been like i mean you know dawson's creek one tree hill there was a ton of things that have uh reprisal the swamp thing the new one was filmed here but there was a ton of things going on in this town um so that's fortunate very fortunate to to have that and i like i like learning from these guys and watching the craft you know like you know, hanging picture frames and hanging them right and hanging drapes right. And what, you know, learning all these little things about, you know, you go in and you dress up place for an old lady. And, you know, so you, you basically have to just think of an old lady and somebody, you know, you have all this stuff that's hers and you put it places and make it look lived in. It's fun. You must crush it. I think of you as an old lady, so you must be just doing really, really well. Oh, I get that a lot. I get that a lot. <laughs> uh, the, the, you know, the older I get, the more I'm just committed to like turning into my grandmother. Straight Blanche. I feel it in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Blanche. <laughs> That's right. Well, Skylar, we did this thing we like to finish up with called Walk the Plank. Walk the Plank which is just three random questions. Chad has one, myself has one, and we get one prior from a fan. Just random questions and whatever answer that pops in your head, by all means. So we'll Chad start if you all right. Yeah. All right, man. Question number one. This is a little bit existential. So uh, do your best, I suppose. Uh, the uh, okay. question is, and this is my question. I wrote it down. Do you believe there's only one soulmate for each person? Hmm. Only one. Ooh, the ghost. Oh, the oh ghost. Uh, only, only one. I, that would get into like, so it is existential because you would have to imagine like, what if you could travel to a multiverse and, you know, if you ended up there and you met you and you happen to be with another person because something crazy happened to the person that, so I mean, that, that is bringing in like, you know, a simulation theory, which is just kind of a cop out. I do actually think there's, <laughs> Hey, I'll tell you something. I'll t- I've had a lot of thought about this lately because I just officiated my first wedding. Um, and it was a beautiful thing. And these people, they had a union because they want to spend the rest of their lives together. Are they? I would like to hope so. I would like to hope that the ceremony that, that we had together will be an everlasting bond of the two of them. They, here's one thing that I know. Um, you don't get many choices in life. You don't get to choose your family. You know, your friends can piss you off. You, 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 one thing that we do get that we, we get the luxury of choosing the person we want to spend the rest of our lives with. If that person happens to be with you for the rest of the life of your life, then I would say, yeah, that person was your soulmate. Do you always end up with your soulmate? Probably not. I mean, I think that there's probably a ton of people out there that may be unhappy and scared to say it, that may not be with their soulmate. I think you don't know until, you know, you either have a life altering bond 
or a life altering moment that makes your bond inseparable where you say, this is it, we are together, you know, whether that be marriage or a near car crash or a baby or something that solidifies it, you know, common law marriage, seven years together, you know, um, soulmates just such a, uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to sound unhopeful, but it just seems like such a, I think the proof is in the pudding. Maybe that's, that's, that's my answer. That's a great answer. All right. Mine Thank is uh, a little less of that. Uh, but since you are a big reader and you, you probably remember a lot of what you read, uh, what's one of your favorite quotations? Oh, I, I will say one of, one of my favorite things, this is a Stephen King quote, and it is about love. It's uh, love is a uniquely portable magic. Um, I think that's such a beautiful way to put it. You know, it's uh, the king is king is the best. I mean, I could I could go on, but is I that think, from I think one of his uh, one of his novels? Yeah, yeah. It's oh man, I think it's from um, the one about JFK. It's the date I can't remember. Um, I'm pretty sure it's from that one, sixty four or something like that. You, Love you is a you. Love is a uniquely portable magic. I don't know. I just, there's something in the alliteration. And if you've never read Stephen King, I mean, you could really start anywhere, but he, he just has a way to like keep you, keep you so in tune. I don't know with his characters and the way that he connects with his audience. It's so great. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Now I'm going to have to do some yeah. research. Uh, yeah, so, I want to say it's from that. I'll, 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 I'll look and, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll remind you of the book. I want to say it's from the the book. Um, when did when he die? November? I want to say it was like 11, 16, 64, whatever that book is, but I can't remember. JFK, sorry. I thought you were talking about Steve. Steve. No, you're talking about Steve. Steve died. <laughs> I do still live. Oh, right? when Steve. I had a girlfriend in a, in a class in college and she got a D on her paper because she spelled Stephen King with a V. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she like, her, he didn't dick, even read her awesome. paper. It was like, the, yeah, it was like, she didn't even, he didn't even read the paper. He was just like the first words in the paper was like, to quote Stephen King. And then it was plop. Nope. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, so we had this, the last question is a fan question and there, there, there's nothing okay. directed. To, they're, they're just generic questions that we gathered up to then yeah. use on you and choose one of those. And one of these, cause I mean, they don't even know who we're going to be interviewing, you know, that's how, how, uh, Oh, cool. Uh, the covers it is. <clears throat> so the question is pretty cool. Actually, what is a song from somebody else that evokes the strongest memories for you? Oh, wow. I just told this story the other day. I'll have to get, you'll have to forgive me, but I'll get my iPhone and I'll find it right. Lifeline? Um, <laughs> Lifeline. Um, it's an Appleseed cast song. Oh, and um, okay. it, it was playing on a, it was playing on a commercial the other day. And um, I was leaving a friend of mine's house who's passed away um, when I was younger. Um, he was a good friend of mine. And it was a moment that I was listening to this song, leaving his house. And it was just a really beautiful day. The leaves were blowing. Um, it's on low level. Wow. Let me find the song. Um, 
and you were leaving in the, the but yeah he, i was i was just driving and it, it was a beautiful day golden light coming down on like you know the the fallen leaves and they were blowing really well across the road and uh yeah this this song on low level owl um i want to say it's, it may be on refre- reflection yeah Oh yeah. Beautiful record. It's, it's, it was one of the first double LPs I ever bought when I was younger. First started getting vinyl. Yeah. What's the song yeah, called? It's called It's called On Reflection. On Reflection. On Reflection okay. on Low Level Owl. Um, Appleseed Cast was uh, one of those bands for me when I was younger that. I just love so much. And I think they're playing Furnace Fest. Oh, I, I almost 100% want to say they're playing Furnace Fest. On your date? But yeah, this, I'm staying the whole time, man. If this thing oh, is going down for sure, I'm watching every band face to face playing. Like, there's so many bands that I was just like, no, there's no way this, the Bled's playing. Um, not <laughs> to mention, you know, just Under Oath. Yeah, Under Oath and Taking Back Sunday. I, I forget who the headliner is in the last day. Um, um yeah i can't remember there's so many good bands i'm just like you know mind blown it was pretty ridiculous for me when i when i looked at it i immediately was like i thought it was like one of those coachella fake lines yeah those joke things yeah yeah i was like nah yeah i did too (laughs) yeah yeah very cool yeah i mean it's amazing great answer too thank Uh, you yeah yeah that's a great that's a great that's a great song yeah that's a great band Appleseed Cast is playing on the same day with well taking back the uh, headline and the beloved beloved playing that as well, huh? Interesting. Yeah, it's be great. Yeah, I'm um, excited. I'm excited for that for sure. Chad, Chad, did you have anything to finish with, Skyler? Oh, I'm never done. There's a lot. <laughs> nah, we're gonna do <laughs> this never done tomorrow, tomorrow, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for being well, here, though. Man. Seriously, you know. Yeah, it, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Hopefully, soon we can we can all meet up in the same area and hug. Maybe, yeah. may, you know, maybe hugging in each other's I mouths. Know. I don't know. You know hug right, tour? hug each other's mouths. <laughs> the, the, the brand new hug tours. I'm love well, it. Let's do it. Skyler, dude, thank you so much. Uh, everyone, please check White Bat by He Is Legend if you haven't. And if you have, well, again, over and over and over. Uh, look for them at the Furnace Fest in September in Alabama. And uh, yeah. yeah, thanks, man. Listen, our show, uh, Making Ways, wouldn't be uh, doable without these people. Our uh, show engineer, Jen Zito, our show coordinator, Heather Smith, our producer, Al McManus, and of course, the captain, Alan Koenig. Obviously, co-host here, Chad. Yep. Yeah, man, thanks. If you find Making Ways uh, wherever you get your podcast, please subscribe so you never miss an episode. And remember, guys, January 2022, we are sailing. So cabin available. Go to shiprock.com to book your cabin. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you, my friends. Thank you. Have a great rest Nice to see you, bro. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks yeah, for having me. It's an honor. Thank you, guys. Yeah, well, hopefully we do a round two come the fall. If you guys got some stuff going on that we, we really want to talk about. Hey, yeah. Let me know. Let me All know. Right. All right. Thanks. We'll Kyle. see you soon. Thanks, yes, guys. All right. Good to That's see you, Chad. You as well, man. I'm the reason this got started Devil's work till it departed 
Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com.